Hey guys, welcome to The Sunshine Show, Season 2, Episode 3. I am interviewing the one and only Millie Manders, straight out of the UK for Mixtape Monday. We talk about all things Millie Manders and her band, The Shut Up. We talk about their debut full-length album that just dropped, Telling Truth, Breaking Ties. Sit back, relax, please enjoy the conversation, and as always, thank you so much for your support, and be kind always. Millie, how are you doing today? I'm really, really good, thank you. Yeah, really good. Thank you so much for having me on to have a chat. Absolutely. And for listening to my album. It's really cool of you to take the time to listen to all of our music. Really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. I I was absolutely instantly like attracted to the sound, so it wasn't even something... Normally, I'll listen to a few songs and be like, okay, um... But I listened to the whole thing. I couldn't stop listening to it. I was like, holy shit, this is so good. Um, okay, cool. Let me just post this in our event page now so that everybody knows that that's where the chat's going on now. Um, and then we will get this going. How, uh, how's the weather over there right now? Miserable. Oh, it's, no. Um, it's the tiny rain like that you can barely feel, but because it's like so small it just gets straight through all of your clothing and yeah it's just cold and crap it's it's being basically just being very english at the moment very english (laughs) i've never been to england i will have to come visit sometime i've done a couple of interviews um i interviewed kira nightworthy she's a bass player out of the uk and then dr funk he's another bass player who lives out there um and i just feel like i need to come visit you guys you totally should just make it in the summer because <laughs> even if it's miserable, at least it's warmer <laughs> okay great so i just posted that to my page i posted it into the event page um and we'll see what happens let's go all right cool all right girls so we got millie manders for millie manders and the shut up they are a punk would you call yourself punk reggae or punk ska? It, I mean, I, I generally coin it as um, cross-genre punk because I feel like it's, it's more than just ska. We've got elements of pop and hip-hop and reggae and all sorts of stuff in there. Um, so yeah, cross-genre punk, but punk is the ethic behind the music. Awesome. So can you give me a little bit... I don't know much about your background. Um anything about your background actually because we just met today a very good friend of ours actually linked us up Jerome Harper who I grew up with um, in a small town in Texas and he played trombone and I played the tuba and then we eventually were in a ska reggae band together um and he actually linked us up um so I would love to know all about your your musical background okay cool um I've been playing instruments and uh been performing since I was really quite small Um, dance drama um, and music right from the age of probably about five I think my first instrument was when I was five and that was the recorder and the piano Um, and then I started on the clarinet when I was seven wow from the age of 14 um, and then picked up the ukulele much later and I've only really just started to get into the guitar 
Um, but my voice, I, I discovered I could sing really when I was about 15. So a couple of decades of singing as well. Yeah. Wow. So you would call yourself a multi-instrumentalist? Uh, more like a jack of many trains, trades, master of one. Um, my voice is my main instrument and that's what I've concentrated on for most of my life. But um, I can play other instruments, yeah. So your voice is your favourite then? Uh, it's the one that I have worked the hardest on to um, master the art of various techniques and things for sure. Um, and I, I love singing and I love teaching vocals and um, all that that brings. So, yeah. Can you tell me about um, sort of your practice or how your vocal training or how you practice every day or what that what that looks like for you? Sure. Um, so I'm trained classically in an old Italian school of training, which basically means that it's more about the vocal placement and vowel sounds. Um, and connecting, connecting with the biology of your voice in order to have a really strong voice for your whole life. Um, and so I do specific scales and songs that increase the dexterity and strength of my voice, which means that I can sing in any style without damaging it. Um, so, you know, on stage, I, I scream, I rap, I, I sing, I belt. But when it comes back to training my voice, it's all about, it's basically like, the training that you would do for a marathon is an all over body conditioning. You don't just go with the legs, you know, you have to be fully conditioned and, and ready to go uh, for a long period of time. And it's the same with your voice. The exercises that I use condition the muscles in the voice to be able to, to be strong enough to do what I want to do. So um, do you give voice lessons? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. I'll be hitting you up right after this uh, Q and A session. <laughs> I've always can you teach wanted, notes? <laughs> I can. Yes, we'll trade. Um, okay. I've always wanted to learn um, how to sing, and I just don't think I've got the right or the proper teacher um, to help me. So that'd be cool to work with you on that yeah. a little bit. Yeah, we'd love that. Awesome. Could you give me um, a little bit about, tell me a little bit about your influences and like what you used to listen to when you were growing up, what your parents raised you on? Gosh, so much. Um, my house was filled with music. Um, we had a, a catalogue of classical composers. Um, we had, my mum used to buy the magazines that were like a subscription, so there'd be a CD every week. Um, and we had classical, but we also had R&B. So we had Chuck Berry and James Brown and Aretha Franklin and Otis Redding and all of that oh, sort of stuff. Awesome. I grew up with all of that. And um, certainly vocally, Aretha Franklin was probably one of my first vocal influences. Um, wow, that's a major one. My dad um, was really into buying what was new in the 90s. So he was buying the first albums by Cypress Hill and Red Hot Chili Peppers and Prodigy. Um, yeah. What? So, uh, yeah. So in 1990, I was listening to all of these first, like really cool new sounds and being influenced by those as well. And um, which is where my love of things like hip hop and, and punk and things come from as well. Um, and I was lucky enough to, um, hang around with quite a lot of like skaters, um, and surfers. So I got introduced quite early to things like Green Day and Rage Against the Machine and um, lots of new metal, um, System of a Down. So 
really my my upbringing was so diverse musically oh and you know being clarinetist and the saxophonist of course I was into big band jazz so (laughs) dude I feel like we were meant to be best friends forever because like I played jazz my whole life like how are your parents so cool your dad like raised you on red hot chili peppers what yes I actually um for his 50th birthday I took him to see Cypress Hill on their Skull and Bones tour at Brixton Academy wow he's lucky to have you as a daughter and you sure are lucky to have him as a dad huh yeah incredibly lucky to have the parents i've had my dad bought me my first record player when i was like 12 and let me loose with his record collection and yeah um and obviously my mum, um she was the one that worked like two or three jobs to get me the music lessons that i wanted to do as a kid and yeah i was i was really really blessed growing up to have the influences that I did. So you asked me about my vocal influences. So obviously Aretha Franklin, um, Gwen Stefani, Skin from Skunk and Nancy, uh, Dolores from the Cranberries. Basically any vocalist that was really strong and unique would attract me as a kid. And I just, I wanted to replicate all of those sounds. And so to begin with, which is what a lot of vocalists do, I was I was replicating these sounds. I was replicating the scream and then the high notes from skin and trying to push my chest voice right the way up into the upper register like Aretha um, and doing the disconnect thing that like in Zombie with Dolores. And, you know, so that was a big part of the development of the dexterity that I have in my voice. Um, and then all of the other influences kind of amalgamated as well so learning to scream for example and stuff like that yeah wow did that scare your mom that you were going to throw your voice out not be able to use it properly anymore (laughs) um i mean becoming a musician and wanting that as a career path scared the hell out of my mom so (laughs) i'm pretty sure all of you did um as parents do you know they worry that you're not going to be able to make money and you're not going to be able to survive. Um, but she's finally coming around to the idea that music is actually a viable career. So, Yeah. And that you're, and that you're a badass, and uh, I'm sure she's actually very, very proud of you. Um, you've done so much work. Um, I just was going through videos and videos and videos that you've, been posting for years on YouTube um, so this isn't just a side job it's obviously a career and you're doing really really fucking good at it um, I will tell you that and it's very inspirational to see a woman you know heading the way and doing what she wants to do and I think that there needs to be I know that there are a lot of women doing that but like as far as like the punk and like ska scene I don't see yeah. that as much and so it's very inspiring and motivational to see you doing what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, um, obviously in, in the alternative scenes, it is harder to be a woman. It's hard to be a woman full stop, let's face it. No matter what anybody says, um, there is headway being made. Um, but to be a strong, independent businesswoman um, is still blasphemy, isn't it? Yeah. So. <laughs> It is hard, but then, you know, I have had really strong women as influences throughout my life. So I've never really understood anything else. So to me, it's like, I couldn't possibly not 
be business focused and have a high work ethic and work two jobs and pursue my dreams because that's that's all I've ever been taught so hopefully what I would like to do is is influence other young women and young people in general to to follow their dreams and to keep pursuing them doggedly through all of the blood sweat and tears because I think it's worth it you know no matter how poor you are and I'm poor but I don't care (laughs) um and that's exactly what I was going to ask you what advice do you have to make you young struggling female or male musicians who maybe just don't feel like you know they can do it or they have like they don't have the grind I mean do you just stop if you don't have the grind or do you keep going what do you do Millie Manders what, what do you mean by the grind do you mean the motivation and the drive <laughs> so <cute. laughs> um, I'm, I'm just talking about I know how the music industry can really be heartbreaking to some people who maybe expect instant success or instant self-gratification and for some people maybe you know what they get that one killer hit the first time they drop it but but the reality is a lot of people are dropping things and putting a lot of their hours into material and sometimes it doesn't even get noticed sometimes it gets a, a thumbs up and no comments you know and then maybe your heart gets so hurt because you know nobody noticed all the 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 work you put into your your content what do you do do you give up or do you keep going I think um so as somebody that teaches uh music business my advice there is to look at your strategy um it's cold hard business um just because you're an artist, it's not all about the art, unfortunately. I'm really sorry, guys. I know that you want it to all be about your songs being beautiful, and I'm sure they are. <laughs> but the crux of it is, is if you don't have a record label, you are your record label. You are your publisher and your booking agent and your social media manager and your content creator and your promoter. And you have to do it all. And unless you're actually willing to pedal to the metal and actually go full throttle have no sleep um cry a lot um, (laughs) have no money work a lot of other jobs that are bit part jobs because you can't follow two career paths so any money that you're gaining in order to follow your dream cannot be paths that you want to take as a career because they will take over that's the reality of it so if you're putting something out and it's only getting one like and no comments the likelihood is is that you probably didn't have the right promotional strategy in place in the first place to maximize your potential to reach new audiences millie manders has spoken to the people you you guys listen to that if you didn't rewind it and replay it because it takes a lot a lot a lot of work if you're going to get anywhere in this industry it is not about luck okay people we've got to put our blood sweat and actual tears into this business if we want to succeed um i have a few comments what do we have alejandro Vitiello? Vitiello, he's my drummer. Hey, Alex. What's up, Alex? Thank you for joining us. Hello, Stephen Moreno. Yes, it's a drummer life for me. That's what he says. Um, <laughs> follow my dreams. Hey, Eugene, thank you for joining us. Hello, Divine Ryan. Hi, Mama. Thank you, everybody, for joining us in the 
chat. I'm so sorry we weren't able. I, I, I'm tired of saying I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, you guys. It just didn't work out. So we're on YouTube now, and that's just what happened. Thank you guys for, for joining us. We're so stoked to be here with you guys. I'm so stoked to be interviewing Millie. Um, we were linked up by a mutual friend. Most of you guys probably know Jerome Harper, amazing legendary trombone player, uh, one of the best that has come out of uh, Texas. Um, so yeah, man, so we are talking everything Millie today. She is in Millie Manders and Shut Up. They had a new album that was just released. We've been talking about her influences. We've been talking about her, how she um, trains. Um, and we have so many more things to talk about. So if you guys have any questions for Millie, please drop them there in the comments. Uh, indeed, Millie, inspirational. Being different is always going to be blasphemy. All the more better to press on to the best. Yes, we agree with that, Eugene. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your writing process, Millie. Okay. Um, I don't actually have any one process for writing. Um, the band and I write in various ways. Um, so sometimes somebody will throw out a guitar line or just a few chords and we build something around that. Uh, sometimes I've got an entire song in my head and I'll just go to the guys and be like, this, like I really have this vision for this track, so can we please work that out? Um, sometimes uh, I'll have like bits and pieces in my head of uh, ideas of chords and, and lyrics and stuff and I'll go to James and be like, okay, I'm gonna throw you a really crap voice note can you structure this please? And then it goes from there. Um, so it could be any number of ways that we create. Um, we don't try to, we've not really force created. We haven't had to. And that's the blessing of DIY, I guess, is that we don't have anybody breathing down our necks being like, you must create. <laughs> but we did put, a, we did put a, a, a limit on ourselves last year. We wrote, eight out of the 10 songs in six months last year around our full-time jobs and stuff. So that was hectic. Um, but yeah, it, it was really hard and it was really stressful, but we proved to ourselves and to each other that actually as a team, um, we can do that. We can pull that together um, and we can write some banging tracks and, you know, God, seeing the response to it is just unbelievable. And um, none of us expected the response. We knew that we enjoyed the songs, but to see so many other people enjoying the songs is just way out there. But yeah, so lots of different processes for writing songs. We never um, just go, okay, so we're gonna write a song in this way. We let, we might have a concept, but we allow that concept to organically flourish because we find that's the best way to create a good track. Yeah, absolutely. Stuart, excuse me, Stuart Green says your debut album is amazing. Hi Stuart, how you doing? Thank you very much for listening to it and supporting it. Uh, and I couldn't agree more. It's absolutely everything that I've heard um, from you that you have created is amazing. Um, and I did kind of want to talk about that with you too, the transformation from your first album to the album yeah. that you have now, it's a different kind of, it just, it's a, it organically kind of transformed or evolved. Yeah. Um, 
there was some consciousness to that and some of it was just a, a natural evolution. Um, and also the team has changed. So with the first EP, Obsession Transgression, um, I actually wrote three of those four tracks with two producers that weren't part of my band. So I was going in the studio um, every day and, and writing every day. <clears throat> and I'd go in there and be like, so I really fancy writing like a funk punk track today. Let's see what we come up with. And we came up with Long Gone. Um, or the guys had written a track and I would go away and I'd write lyrics and melody to it. And Obsession Transgression particularly, I remember coming back and being like, this song could be really good for us. Like, I really think we should do this song. And both of the producers turning around and going, nah. It's like, put some horns on it. Put some horns on it. I'm telling you, this track is going to be a good track. And they put horns on it and they were like, okay, yeah, yeah, it should go on the EP. The last track, Teddy, I actually... <laughs> Um, was given to me by the guitarist at the time and it was just like four chords repeated all the way through and I wrote it in half an hour on a tube ride to the studio to record that final track that day because we were on a deadline. Um, so that was very ska punk and it was because which song of these was that? Say again? Which song was that? Teddy. Oh, Teddy's the name of the song? Yeah, Teddy, I wrote in half an hour on a tube. Wow, <laughs> crazy. You would never think. Yeah, it's funny just the way, you know, different concepts and things come to you. So I always like to ask people about their writing process and, you know, things like that. So you actually, sorry, what was that? Deadlines always help. The pressure. <laughs> yeah. So you actually work with a producer, huh? Um, for the first EP, yes. For the second EP, no. Um, and actually the second EP, Shut Up, took two and a half years to write four tracks because at the time, um, and Alex will agree with me here, we didn't have the right team of musicians. Uh, Alex is the longest standing band member. He's been with me since 2014 um, and stuck through a whole wave of storms. Um, but... <laughs> at the time we didn't have the right team of musicians they weren't creative they weren't motivated um and we did write some great songs like right to life actually the way that was written was the trumpet player came up with that and we wrote the track that day in the studio because of that riff you know um but yeah i think the evolution mainly has come from different teams of writers working with them, which is great because I always feel that working with different people will always bring diversity to the writing. Absolutely. Um, but I think the songs have progressively got better because the team has changed. We've had better creatives in the team. We've had more motivated people. Um, and we all bring a new variety of influence to it that is all respected within the whole. And I don't think we had that previously. So we all respect the fact that we all have different tastes in music, that we all have different um, backgrounds that have been brought together. And that just creates this amazing like melting pot of creative flow. So, yeah. It's so beautiful when that happens, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, so tell me a little bit about, oh, what's up, Jerome is in the house. 
<laughs> Love you. Look, I millimandered myself today. I know, I'm kooky. Um, <laughs> tell me, tell me a little bit about your band, uh, Millie, about your current members. Okay, so I've already said Alex has been with us since 2014. He's uh, he doesn't just do drums. He create he like records samples for us and stuff as well so we get these really kooky cool sounds in the background as well um then the next oldest member would be dom he's been in the band for three years now and to begin with he was only playing sax um but actually he's way more talented than just saxophone he now plays sax trumpet and keys for us um wow. He can also play violin, and we are all determined to get him to play violin on a track for us at some point in the future. Oh, that'd, um, be, dope. that'd be dope. You have to do that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, next, in, next to come in is James. He's our guitarist, um, and he largely did the pre-production for us with the album. So we would send him ideas um, or full songs or whatever, and he would arrange them in Logic, um, get sort of sample beats in there to give us an idea of energy um, and we'd all be communicating through James to kind of get the tracks to a base level of what we wanted um, while we were writing our parts. Um, he's a self-taught guitarist which actually means that he's really creative with his riffs. Um, he's got a lot of energy uh, and he's really upbeat with the stuff that he writes which I love. I'm not one for sad songs, don't give me sad songs. Um, and then we've got George who was our newest member of the band and she um, she's an incredible bass player. She plays, she plays really softly uh -huh. but she's fast on the fretboard and she's just got this I mean the best players are the ones that find the spaces between the notes right the the simplicity in their lines but with that extra thing that they do somewhere in it that's just like oh what did you just do that was so cool <laughs> she does that well, all the time she that's that is George but um she's also the most bad, badass girl I've ever worked with and I'm not even joking the girl deals with a panic attack backstage and will get on stage mid panic attack and still play the bass. Like oh. you can see she's afraid. There was one time she dislocated her middle finger on her, um, her strumming hand and she clicked it straight back in and finished the set with tears streaming down her face. Bless her heart. Stop playing the bass for us. Sweetie, come on. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Whenever I was um, in or researching your band, I was like, holy shit, she has a female bass player. I was like, I'm going to interview her next. Oh my gosh, your cat. Destroying my receipts. <laughs> she says, I just love you, mommy. <laughs> God, my paperwork <laughs> Savage, savage. Yes, Stephen, the cat is a savage. Uh, what is Jerome is saying? The next next album is better than a trombone Jerome solo is all I know. Oh, better have a Jerome trombone solo. Jerome wants to be on your album, girl. <laughs> uh, we love Jerome so much. He's such a good guy. Um, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So we were talking about, did you say her name was George? Yeah, her name's Georgina, but we call her George. Yeah. Okay. What do you know? What kind of bass she plays? 
No, I don't, but it's beautiful. I can tell you that it's got like um, different splices of wood. There's like three colors of wood that are all together and it's really shiny and beautiful, but that's all I can tell you. Is she shy? Do you think she would do an interview with me? Um, I think she'd absolutely, I mean, she's not shy. Um, I think she'd definitely do an interview with you. She's actually stuck in production at the moment. So she'd be an incredibly interesting person to interview as well. Cool. I'll definitely hit her up for an interview for sure. Cause, uh, I mean, I'm super excited to interview you, but I, <laughs> I was like, girl, bass player. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So we talked about your drummer. We talked about the, the saxophone, guitar, violin, <laughs> like all around badass player. We talked about George. Is it is this just a four piece band or do we have more people? We've got myself, Alex, Dom, who's the multi-instrumentalist, James, who's the guitarist and producer, and then George, who's the bassist, who's also studying production as a master's degree. Actually, Alex, our drummer, is studying a, a BA in production. Dom has just finished a master's in production. James already does home production and George is doing a master's in production and also affiliating with AI production for music as well. So I have what? a ridiculously band, but I am shit at all of that. <laughs> Girl, you have a team. You have a built-in team. You do not need anybody else or anything else. Like you just need to sing and let them take care of everything else. And they, they really are brilliant at that. So yeah. I'm That's very lucky. James says it's a court base. Thank you, James, for verifying that for me. I appreciate that so much. <laughs> I guess that's the that's the brand of base that she plays is court. You could get on YouTube and check out the comments if you want to. Um, my channel, Sunshine Can Too. Um, I've got the link and then I can just mute it, can't I? Yeah, that you would... just get on there. Court base. Thank you, James, for verifying. Let's make sure the volume's down. Um, okay. Cool. So, totally shit. Just make it in the summer because uh, okay. even if it's, I totally, there we go. it's yeah. muted. Good. Okay. I'm good. Okay. Uh, and yes, James, who would, who is commenting, is actually our, our guitarist. So he's, um, he goes, we are students. <laughs> Alex says, we are students full of debt. Yeah, well, join the, join the party. We're all full of debt over here, too. <laughs> I have so many degrees. I have, I have a degree in, uh, I graduated with political science and sociology. I went back for my master's oh my in political science, and, the, and I play bass. <laughs> I was like, why did I do that? Why didn't I major in music? I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I mean, Political science must have been incredibly interesting, though. And certainly, if you're, I, I would imagine that as a songwriter, political science would fuel some brilliant protest songs. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it was funny. I wanted to be a lawyer and I wanted to like change the world and work with like environmental, you know, like the rich taking advantage of the poor and all this stuff. And then, like, when I really got into it, I was like, shit, dude, then I got to spend another 10 years going to school to be a lawyer and then like I just saw the shit politics behind it and I was like I don't even want to do any of this but you're very right 
Um, instead, I write super sad songs. You wouldn't like any of my songs. <laughs> Just because I don't like writing really sad songs does not mean I don't like any sad songs sometimes. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's too funny. Yeah, most of my songs are like, okay, sunshine, come on, get over your get over your shit show. But it's funny because I feel like that's how you kind of just like express yourself, right? You can express yourself in many ways. So sometimes it goes into our into our lyrics. So tell me about do you have like a favorite ska or punk band that you listen to multiple? Yeah, um, I mean, most of the, the bands that I listen to on a regular basis are unsigned, actually. Um, my ultimate favorite band is Risky and the Ridicule. Risky and the Ridicules? Um, I don't know if you know them. I've never yeah, heard of them. So Risky and the Ridicule. Um, I will send you a list of bands that I love for you to listen to, and you'll probably end up interviewing half of them because they're all amazing people and have incredible music. So, um uh, Call Me Malcolm is another one. They did an entire concept album, in fact, two on mental health, but it's like really upbeat ska punk music. Um, and it's amazing. It's about the whole band's journey through their own breakdowns and, and coming out the other side of it. So yeah, that's, that's an incredible one. Well, um, you. Did we just become best friends? Because I think we did. <laughs> yeah. I love you. Wait, so who, so was this Risky and the Ridicules that put that album out? If I do, no, so Risky and the Ridicule, um, they're like really political. Um, they're fantastic. They, um, they call out our, um, our government a lot. And then Sean Freeman's just said, call me Malcolm there. So call me Malcolm are the one that have done the concept album. Um, Andy Moran, Risky and the Ridicule of Badass. You are correct, sir. Yes, they are. <laughs> so, um, let's see, we've got um, Dream Nails I love because they're like really quirky, um, feminist, queer punk, um, really like, uh, if you like people like the Bomb Pops, you'll probably like Dream Nails. The Bomb Pops? Uh, yeah. I've never heard of the Bomb Pops, but I think that's a cool name. <laughs> they're, they're West Coast, um, uh, UK West. Um, then let's see, we've got Hands Off Gretel, which if you like 90s UK grunge, like um, Hole and people like that, uh -huh. uh, then you're going to love Hands Off Gretel. And the lead singer has just released a new project called Delilah Bond which is like her um, new alter ego. And it's much more like new metal. And she spits like an MC and screams and sings. Oh, and actually, Lauren Taylor is, um, let me just write that in there for you, Lauren Taylor. So <laughs> you are so cool. <laughs> so Lauren Taylor is the, the girl that fronts both Hands Off Gretel and Delilah Bond, but she's really interesting because she's a 360 artist by herself. She writes the songs, she plays every instrument on the recordings, produces them, mixes, masters them. She directs her own videos, edits her own videos, and she even does all of her own artwork. So she's just like a record label all by herself. Like she's- Package. Yeah, and she's only like 23 and she does all of this stuff already and is in like mind-blowingly good at what she does, so. 
Yeah. Wow. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So you guys are um, an indie band, right? Yeah. And you do all of your promotion and all your video, like all that is done through you or do you have like a, a book, like a manager or something? <laughs> I don't have management. I do the management myself. Um, I actually studied music management at university. Um, so I manage the band, but we um, have a booking agent now in the UK and one in uh, Germany. Um, we've just, just before lockdown, literally just before lockdown, we signed to a publisher um, called Wipeout Music. Um, and I've just started to talk to somebody about possible physical distribution because I'm really sorry guys who are watching this who know, but all of the cycling with 650 albums up hills on my bike has, you know, that's, that's been a lot. <laughs> so I'd quite like a distributor <laughs> at this point to help. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, we source our NPR. Um, we do pay for some PR because you absolutely should, going back to that earlier conversation about you are your record label, you need to pay for PR if you want anybody to hear your music. Um, <laughs> I manage all of our social media and stuff. And um, <clears throat> prior to having a booking agent a couple of years ago, I was doing all of the, the booking and, and tour management as well. So, yeah. Wow, you are amazing. Thanks. <laughs> You're absolutely amazing. I love your videos too. I love the, the colors, the videography, how everything pops. Um, Thank you. Yeah, you guys, do you come up with the concepts for those videos yourself? Yes. Um, yes, I've got a great videographer called L Bobbin who does everything for us and he's very good at understanding the concept that I have in my head and making it a reality on video, um, often getting it way better than I ever thought it, it could. Um, but I'm a, real, I'm a real fan of really simple concepts of um, having colour concepts, which you mentioned, uh, actually having like a colour code system um, for example, a lot of people, I, I don't know if anybody's noticed, but so far the entire album cycle has been black, red and white. So almost every video will have black, red and white in there. Um, so that's that's really important to me to have um, continuity yeah. throughout the project. Oh, clever. Yeah. Oh, Freeman has just said the cut and made of ace. Good choices. Yes, both of those. Great. More bands? Yes, they are. Okay, cool. I'm excited. I'm going to like do a whole playlist and then I'll post it um, in the comments once I get this video up on uh, YouTube or on Facebook because after we're done with this and I'll like reload it to Facebook and do all that and stuff because that's what we do for each other. Um, yeah, guys, thank you guys so much for tuning in with us. We were having a great time talking. Um, just about all kinds of things, Millie, Millie Manders and the Shut Up, her band, their writing process, her influences, ska, punk, all kinds of great things. Can you tell me how this pandemic has affected you as a musician and just touring in general? I mean, in the UK? I mean, yes, it's, it's massively affected us. We've had one gig this entire year. So, you know, everything's gone to pot and we're used to doing between 70 and 90 shows every year. So we lost all of that revenue. 
um, we lost being in touch with our fans in that way. Um, and obviously, from the perspective of the industry, everything is suffering. Um, there isn't enough funding going around. There isn't enough support of venues, uh, especially the grassroots stuff. It's more likely that the funding goes to larger venues and things. Although, having said that, finally, the council, the Arts Council has been paying out to some smaller um, venues and stuff, which is good. But, you know, our booking agents have, have lost all of their revenue and the promoters for venues have lost their revenue and the venues themselves have. So it's a real tough road at the moment. However, um, our band's been really lucky. Um, we've got a really, really engaged fan base. We've got some brilliant followers and a lot of them have become our friends. We see them regularly on the circuit and stuff and they have supported us so well through this album cycle. The minute the, um, the album went live for pre-order in April, we saw a massive amount of sales go through. We sold out on three different lines of limited edition merchandise and wow. raised £1,000 for charity through those. Um, so actually in terms of the pandemic, it hasn't really, it hasn't affected us financially because we've got amazing fans um, and people have been enjoying the album. Thank goodness. Um, but it could have been a lot worse for us if we, if we hadn't have had something to release and we hadn't had something to talk about and we hadn't had the fans that we've got, um, we call it punk, uh, camp shut up. So our camp shut up and everybody <laughs> that sits around the campfire with has kept us going. Um, oh, and we have, um, yeah, so we've been really lucky, but there are a lot of bands that haven't been as lucky who have pretty much stopped posting because they don't have anything to talk about. Um, and they're all having to, as uh, our lovely government said, go and retrain and find a different industry to work in. Did they so. say that? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Our, our government actually put out an entire poster series suggesting that the people in the creative industries should think about retraining. What the, I think I can say fuck, right? What the fuck? That is crazy crazy oh my god dude i had no idea i don't think they have definitely not done that here and i don't think that that would go how how did you guys not like i don't know man i i, I wish in a lot of ways that british people didn't have such a stiff upper lip because we're very good at taking everything on the chin we've been conditioned to take everything on the chin we're not like other countries who would have gone out and rioted royally rioted <laughs> in the street um british people just don't do that darling <laughs> we have a cup of tea and we think about it and we feel better <laughs> <laughs> we need to be more like you guys i guess we need to chill out jesus christ fight for your rights. absolutely stand up for yourself and fight for your rights because uh that many a many a law change has come about through riots in fact most of the most important ones for human rights um for the rights of uh, you know groups of underground un undermined and quite frankly mistreated groups of people th those laws have come about as a result of actual physical riots people marching in the streets people 
not sitting down um, and not taking anything, though that's when laws have changed, you know. Um, and I'm not saying that uh, the creative sector is in any way being treated like those groups of people. <laughs> it's absolutely not. But a large part of the British culture has been to have that stiff upper lip for, you know, at least a century. That's just who we are. And so coming out of that is difficult to not be like, oh, you know, we're, we're okay. Everything's all right. We can, we can do this. It's not, you know. Wow. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Um, so it's what it is. Um, and our country definitely isn't doing enough to save the creative industry at all. Um, and it's a discussion that is had a lot with my college students when we're talking in sort of dissertation terms and things. It's like, what would the world be like if we didn't have a creative industry? Films wouldn't have music, adverts wouldn't have music, um, we wouldn't have art galleries, um, we wouldn't have illustrations in children's books, you know, we wouldn't have children's books, who would write them? And I think that's, that's so important to recognise that actually the creative industries are vitally important in every sector, everywhere. There would be no there would be no company on the planet that could actually run because every company needs a creative person to come up with the ingenuity to push the company forward to the next whatever. Millie Manders for president 2020. I'm calling it now. Millie Manders for president 2020. Girl, come move to the United States. <laughs> Am I getting too serious? Sorry. Um, I'll have more. I actually love this conversation and I love just, you know, just seeing where our conversations flow and where they go. And I think it's important to mention that. And I think it's very, I mean, I had no idea that letters like that would even be put out <laughs> into like a certain industry to be like, hey, go find something else to do. Like, wait, what? Like, what? That seems so crazy to me. But, um, you know, to be honest, I'm sure that they're probably encouraging the same shit here. I just don't, I don't watch the news or pay attention to, to much anything except for my my pig and my dog so and my pig. yes I have a 200 pound mini pig uh, <laughs> who likes to sleep with his mom at night and, <laughs> and likes to boss me around <laughs> what's does, that is it actually in your house oh yeah he lives here in the house with me oh yes he does Cool. He um he's outside right now, but uh dude, they're like he's crazy. Like when he like he'll say mom, he'll be like, Mama! Cause they try to mimic the sounds that humans make. And if he gets mad at me, he'll go, No. And uh and then what else does he do? He's so funny. He knows how to sit, he knows how to like he, like, he knows all kinds of tricks. Like he's a handful though. And like when I got him, he was 30 pounds. And now he's 200 pounds. And I'm like, what the fuck? Um, will you ever release Little Big Mouth, Millie? And Andy, I think you've asked me this before. <laughs> Andy, Andy, Andy. <laughs> um, we've already released it. We did release it. It was on Spotify for quite a long time. It's a very, very old song. I released that for the first time in 20... I wrote it in 2011, released it in 2013. That was one of my first ukulele songs when I first started learning ukulele. Um, and 
there is a video on YouTube and you can get the EP. It's the free P, which was my first solo EP that is um, on Bandcamp. So you can get it there, but it won't be released as a single again. Um, it's very, very unlikely that it will be. It was, a, it was a moment in time when I was very, very angry about somebody starting on me in a nightclub. So I wrote a song for them, totally immortalized them. I don't need to revisit it. I'm really sorry. But I do play it at live gigs because it's still really funny. Andy, do not be bringing up anything that's going to give this woman PTSD, okay? The song is released. You can go find it on Bandcamp. Leave her alone now. <laughs> that's cool. So you play ukulele too. Yeah. Yeah, you have a, a U bass in the background, right? Yeah, I have a U, a U bass. I have quite a few ukuleles. I have a ton of them. Um, but I do love the, the U bass because it sounds just like a stand-up bass. And yeah. just like beautiful, the tone is just amazing. And I never change. They still have the polyurethane string, so super cool. Um, and I just love the sound of that. Um, where did my where did my notes go? I was telling Millie earlier that I bought the organic sticky notes. Don't ever do this, folks, because they don't stick. They literally just fall off. So I don't know what I was thinking. I was trying to save the planet. I don't understand what the difference is. What what why like organic paper? How is that different to like other paper? Surely trees are all organic because they're. <laughs> this is a regular post-it note that actually sticks. This is an organic <laughs> recycled post-it note that does not stick. Don't be fooled, people. They're lying. Um, <laughs> but, but it's fine. It's fine. Um, tell me what your favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers album is now that we uh, established that you grew up listening to Red Hot Chili Peppers because your dad's a badass. Blood, Sex, Sugar, Magic, because that's the first album we bought for us to listen to, so. I believe that that's probably everybody's favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers album. If it's not, drop your favorite album in the comments. We want to know what it is. Um, can you introduce us to your little pal there? Yep, uh, this is Matty. Um, so named because when she was rescued, she, her fur was so matted that she got the nickname. Oh my god, he's a little punk! <laughs> This is Tadpole Miles Thelonious Monk. Can you say hi, Tadpole? I love him. He's got a hoodie. He's a Mexican hairless. I just um I just adopted him about two months ago, probably too. So look at us, we are best friends. We just want to hug and kiss our little animals and write music. Yes. 100%. If I could do that full time, that's exactly what I would do. When I would have a rescue center for animals and I would have a studio attached. Oh my God. Yes. yes. When are you moving to California? Now, please. <laughs> we're, ready, we're ready to put you in office. Just move to California. We're starting a band. You can bring Alex and 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 george and stephen ah, i forgot all their names bring all the guys with you we're starting a band in cali <laughs> uh, did you hear that shut up we're all alex james we're moving to california with you know picking up sticks bring your family we're doing the band over there now <laughs> and millie managed for president 
Uh, Millie, will you ever, oh no, we did that already. What books do you like to read? What, do you have any recommendations for books? Um, so I love Neil Gaiman. Um, the American God series is awesome. And my favorite book by Neil Gaiman is called Neverwhere, um, which is, I guess, from my perception of it, it's like a fantasy novel about an underground city in London um, that's not seen by normal people, but these people are like the hidden. Um, they're covered in rags and they're not necessarily uh, washed properly. So I, t I take it that it's like, he's almost created this fantasy world that the homeless are actually magical people um, that are only noticed by those who uh, have that kind of spirit, that attachment to that kind of world. And I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, but it's also just a really well-written story. Um, there's also the Abhorson series, um, which is like this guy that's got this bell that he tolls to get into the, the world of the dead. So that's the Abhorson series. Um, I love Philip Pullman books. Like I'm, I'm really into like fantasy um, and otherworldly stuff. Like, I like to completely escape. If I'm going to read a story, it has to be complete escapism. I used to, um, when I was younger, like, me and all the kids in the neighborhood, we had, like, this, like, garage that we would, like, hang out at and play Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> it was the best. And um, when I was younger, I would always, that's what I would read was the Dungeons and Dragons series because it was so fun. They have, like, the dwarves and the elves and the the, bar the bards and you know it's just like a totally different yeah it's just like escape you know from reality um that's super cool did you watch the cartoons as a kid of, of Dungeons and Dragons you know what I don't think I did I was too busy watching the hell was I watching when I was a kid oh no Thundercats the gummy bears <laughs> I loved <laughs> Care Bears were my shit too. Um, I have the Care Bears and My Little Pony DVDs. Yes, I do. Girl, I had the Care Bear Castle, the Care Bear Car. I had all the Care Bears and the Care Bear Cousins. All of them. Amazing. <laughs> Oh my god, that's so cool. Uh, let's see, what else do we have? Eugene, what's... I'm packing. <laughs> let's go, you guys, let's go. Um, how about a ukulele duet? Yeah, we totally should. We should totally, we will definitely be collaborating in the future now that we have met and linked up. I definitely see like a collaboration of some sort and definitely more of this because now you're my best friend. So how could I not call you every day and talk to you? <laughs> um, I'm sorry, it's calling me. Um, what else do we have? Did you watch He-Man or She-Ra She or the Smurfs? The Smurfs, Eugene! <laughs> I watched all of them. <laughs> Mumra used to scare the hell out of me. <laughs> Who or what? Mumra. She. It was the um, evil character in He-Man. There was literally like a mummy. Um, and it used to scare me as a kid. <laughs> 
How funny. Um, I remember one question I had a while back that I asked Kiara, um, who's also out in the UK. Uh, and I thought it was pretty funny. Like, if you could have anybody at your house, any musicians, let's pick like six musicians, and you're going to have like a party. Um, what musicians, dead or alive, would you invite to your party, and, and what food would you serve them? Oh my god. <laughs> okay. That's, that's a really tough question. Um, so I would definitely have, oh my god, these are all going to be like really old school people and it's because I would want to talk to them and get all of their knowledge, like try and steal their knowledge. Prince. Of course. Aretha Franklin. Yes. Skin. Um, who else? Zach De La Rock from Rage Against Machine. We love Zach De La Rocha. He's oh my god. Favorite. Oh my god. What a front man. Just what a front man. And what a political mind. Um, can it be people that are like spoken words as well? Sure. Uh, Akala. So I've got five now. Mm -hmm. Prince, Lisa, Skin, Zach, Akala, and who would my sixth person be? I would have Horace from the specials because I love him already and he's got some incredible tour stories. So those would be the people that would be in my lounge right now. Okay. And we'd all be sitting out and we'd have like passion fruit dakiris or bloody marys um and like gin and tonic and some craft beers on the side you know just in case for people that are more into beer than cocktails and then what would i serve them up so there's always got to be salad like no matter what there has to be like a really good salad like a massive huge variety of stuff in there are you laughing at the comments <laughs> no, no i love you so much because you're like it's gotta be like i wanted to say like dude you're the best host ever because you had like a variety of like mixed drinks and then now you're like there's always gotta be a good set like i love you just i'm i'm laughing at you because i love you so much <laughs> so continue please love salad um I would probably, do you know what? I made uh, an incredible mushroom Wellington on Sunday um, that I got from a vegan punks website. And I think I would probably serve up like a proper vegan roast. Yum. With gravy, with creamy mashed potatoes, with um, seasonal roasted vegetables and a really good mushroom Wellington in flaky pastry um this really you know high in flavor a range of salad dressings and stuff as well so that it would be comforting and filling and full of flavor and something that everybody could enjoy you know yes that would that would be the meal um, um, I can't wait till we have a party together because you sound like a lovely host. <laughs> <laughs> I 
feeder. I'm such a feeder. Like any of my friends will tell you whenever they come over, I'm like, I, I bake cakes and I make big meals and have a good bottle of red wine. And yeah, how, I love it. How fun. Okay. And so last question, this might be a little hard. What would you ask Prince? Um, I would ask him what the trigger point was for him um, as a young musician where he was like suddenly completely focused on learning everything himself and getting himself to where he wanted to go because of the fact that he'd been rejected and told that he wasn't going to be able to do it. I, I want to know what that catalyst was, where that switch happened. He was like, no, there's, there's no way that anybody can tell me that I can't do this. I'm doing it. That, yeah, that was the, that's the question I'd ask Prince. So if anybody speaks to the spirits and can talk to Prince right now, please drop it in the comments because we want to know what that trigger point was for you, Prince. And bless you, rest, rest in peace um, in your big purple castle in the sky. I love Prince. Um, I love him so much. And it is amazing to me how he has a vault, an actual vault or vault, 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 whatever the hell you say, of music that's never even been touched or released. It's just like mind blowing. The man was just like creating masterpiece after masterpiece after masterpiece. We only know a little tiny, tiny piece of what was going on in his brain, you know? Absolutely. What an incredible man. Uh, I was lucky enough to be working at Shepherd's Bush Empire when he played there live. And so I saw the sound check as well as the full show. Um, and it really was watching a master at work, how he worked with his musicians, his sound guy, his even his security team, and how much he demanded out of everything. You know, everything had to be absolute precision and i had so much respect for that it was <clears throat> the most uh, hands down i've seen blondie there um ub40 all sorts of really big names but to see prince before he went and see his absolute precision was just the most incredible thing ever wow you're lucky dude you've seen so many cool people yeah i have what was your job at that venue or what were you doing? I was just a bar supervisor. Hell yeah. That's one hell of a job. Yeah. It happened uh, to be at a venue. Wow, dude, that's so fucking cool. I wish I could have seen Prince. I unfortunately was not able to see that. But I'm so glad, you know, for YouTube and things like that now that we didn't have growing up because now we can see everybody that we ever wanted to see. And maybe not live, but at least through the TV screen. What yeah. are your favorite movies? What are your favorite movies? Okay, I am a total geek for kids' movies and for like 80s cult movies. So, uh, Labyrinth by Jim Henson, yes. <laughs> of the bat, Dark Crystal, uh, Goonies, yes. Flight of the Navigator. Yes! Um, <laughs> so all of those kind of gremlins, obviously, Ghostbusters, um, they're all like top movies. But like if I get really sick um, or I feel really low, then I'll watch things like Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, both of them back to back. <laughs> or the Hot 
Potter. Um, or <clears throat> what else do I watch? Guardians of the Galaxy. I love Marvel movies. Marvel and DC movies are incredible. So, yeah. Aww, that's so sweet. What I'm doing. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm the total opposite. I like to watch true crime and documentaries on serial killers. Are you actually? Yeah. <laughs> I have major problems. Um, I love Killer Clown. Have you seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space? No. <laughs> that sounds amazing. <laughs> Girl, you have to watch it. It's a cult classic. It's from the 80s. Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And it was actually filmed here in um, Santa Cruz where I'm uh, living at Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Um, yeah, you have to see that. And then The Lost Boys, too. You, have you seen The Lost Boys? Absolutely, because that's how I discovered the doors. People are strange when you're a stranger. What a song. Um, yeah, funny fact. So Jim Morrison, that's the doors, right? Yes. Yes, okay. <laughs> the look on your face, like you should know this. Um, he went to like, uh, uh, the, 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 like elementary school from the, the little town that I'm from in Texas, which is like crazy because nobody even knew it. Like he was only there for like a year or two because I think his parents were like in the Navy or something like that. Um, but yeah, does Millie watch the telly? And if so, what are her favorite shows? I'm really sorry. I don't, I don't even own a television. Really? Yeah. People be more like Millimanders, okay? We need to get rid of our televisions and we need to pick up our guitars and play them and promote our music. This is why yes. I'm interviewing her right now because she is giving <laughs> us inspiration and motivation to be better musicians. That's what we need right now. Um, Millie, I've had the greatest time with you. Um, hi, mom. I love you so much. I love you, mom. Um, I'm gonna start wrapping this up. I know we've been on here over an hour. I don't wanna take up too much of your time, um, but I do want to um, just ask you, okay, well, a few more, okay, maybe like five more minutes of your time. Um, two things. What advice do you have right now for musicians that are, are, I mean, obviously we talked about this earlier, right? About like, okay, you're not getting a lot of like, likes on your comment or whatever, or on your content. But what about, you know, these bands that are having to like, okay, we can't perform live anymore. What are we going to do? What, what do we do to think outside the box? What is Millie Manders doing to think outside the box? Um, I'm trying to, um, I've done three or four live streams over lockdown, but with each of those streams there was something different about it and I think that's really important if you want to do live streams and you want to earn money from them that's great do it but try not to saturate that because in the same way that you shouldn't go and play the same town three times a month because people stop turning up if you're streaming every single week you're saturating your market right yeah unless you're doing something that is different. So try to put content out that is different, that's interesting and that's engaging. Listen to your people that are following you, listen to what they want, you know, like I, I desperately want to make my followers and fans happy. I want them to have things that they want to see, hear, have. So, you know, that's really important as well. And try to be different. Yes, 
we do put out t-shirts and we put out vests and things like that but i try to do diff things that are slightly different to other people um whether that be uh, hand illustrated lyric sheets or um competitions or different types of q a's that kind of thing it's really important to to keep engaging on a completely different level at this point um I'd also suggest having a look at AI if you can. Um, if you know anybody that's in the games industry and you can do AI stuff, then that's also a whole new way of reaching out to your fans because a lot of people are, are gamers these days and they can interact with you on that playing field as well. We don't have massive amounts of gamers, otherwise I'd be into it right now. <laughs> so do you mean like, like Twitch and stuff or what? Yeah, Twitch, Ustream. Um, there's loads of platforms now. Facebook now, if you've got a business page, have set up the ability to take money for your live streams. So that's a revenue, you know? And if you've got a really good engaged fan base, if you've got people that want to hear you, um, and if you're interacting with those people, because it is a two-way street, you do have to completely value those people. Yeah. You know, I, we are so grateful for every single person that comes to a show. You can't just be like expecting people to come and listen to your music because you like your music. That's just not how it works, you know? So yeah, it's definitely, it's about engagement. It's about doing something different. And when I'm talking about AI, I'm literally talking about, um, there are avenues to have your music streamed into video games and things, not necessarily on a radio regular basis at the moment, but that is something that perhaps people should be looking at as a solution at the moment. What I should be going to the same school as Jim. That's my mom went to the same uh, elementary school as Jim Morrison. <laughs> my son shows my mom. And then last Starfighter. What's that? Sean, what does that mean? I mean, <laughs> you know, I am comic, so that could be referencing me. <laughs> I'm not sure. Sean, <laughs> explain yourself. We must know. Um, I kind of wanted to get this wrapped up asking you what's the best way that we can support Millie Manders and the Shut Up? What can we do to get you guys some money into your pockets and just support you overall? I mean, uh, we've got a website, millie-manders.com. So I'll put that into the comments. Um, uh, what Sean says, killer uh, which, tomatoes. Oh, killer tomatoes from outer space. Yes, Millie must watch killer tomatoes. Um, so yes, you've got, ah, uh, oh, you're another daughter of mine now, Millie. That's so lovely. <laughs> What's up, old pair? Um, my pit guard right here was designed by um, Alper from Alperia's Pit Guard. So anybody who's like a custom pit guard can get one at alperius.com. Actually, Alperius Pit Guard person that is there saying, hey, hey, hey. I've always wanted a pit guard for my ukuleles because I play them really hard and really fast and I end up going through the wood so nobody actually does pit guards for ukuleles because you're not supposed to play them like that. Can you please start doing pit guards for ukuleles? Because I really think there's a gap in the market there 
and I would have some. Millie, you are just genius. Like, who even are you and what planet do you come from? You're a genius. Alper, I hope you are listening and I hope you are going to start making custom ukulele pick cards and you're going to start endorsing this one right here because she came up with the idea. Okay. <laughs> um, otherwise, if people could stream my music, that would be incredible because um, essentially, the more Spotify streams you have, the more Apple streams you have, the further up you go in like Google searches, the more people from the music industry start to look at you and start to support you. Um, so it's not about the money in that sense, but the more people can um, stream for us, the more likely we're gonna get seen. Alfredo wants to talk to you. Woo! We're doing the happy dance together. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Alfredo is so cool. Um, awesome. So do you find yourself like putting your songs on repeat on Spotify and going to sleep at night so that your numbers can kind of like, cause I like found that is to be a trick in the like thing like if you can like put your spotify and put your album on repeat and let it just like pull, keep playing that it adds like at least like a thousand listens or something so, i mean that would that would work for other people to do it but because my account is my artist account it doesn't actually count them well as far as you need a new account make a new, <laughs> make a new account and start streaming it 24 hours a day <laughs> Guys, listening could do that. Put my album on repeat overnight while you're sleeping. Mute it because that could get annoying. Um, <laughs> but yeah, at home, you get your ass on Spotify and you're gonna put Millie Mandarin shut up on repeat. Okay, this is an order. This is not. I'm not asking you to do this. This is what you're gonna do, and you're gonna help this girl get her numbers up because that's how we're gonna support her because she's badass and she just gave us a lot of motivational and inspiring things to get our asses in check okay because we all want to be doing what she is doing because she has her shit down thank you yes um otherwise we wouldn't be interviewing right now you are just an all-around amazing fucking superstar i mean you do everything from the ground up by yourself you've been doing this since 2014 you said um, that's that uh, I've been building my solo stuff since 2012. Uh, my band started in 2014. <laughs> what is that referring to? <laughs> so one of our songs on the album is called Panic and um, the double choruses, particularly the second one goes, why don't you panic, panic? And he, he's just like, you know, at three o'clock in the morning, can you imagine like someone hasn't put it on mute and suddenly they're like, <laughs> 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 the wall. <laughs> Actually, this is a contest and a challenge. Who can listen to Millie Manders and shut up for 24 hours and not put it on mute, okay? Whoever can do that and send us... <laughs> The, what is it? The time lapse video. You will win an award for that. Okay. <laughs> I want them to have music after 24 hours. I need them to carry on liking it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it. 
Oh man, this has been such a great session with you. We have been going for over an hour strong. Dude, thank you so much for your time. I know it's precious and I just appreciate everything so much. Oh, Sunshine, it's been an absolute pleasure and I'm really grateful that you wanted to, to have a chat with me. I've had a lot of fun um, and you've been really easy to, to have just a, a really long chat to. You're right, you're my best friend now. You can't get rid of me, I'm afraid. That's it. Nelly <laughs> Um, Yeah, dude, I love you. I'm so glad that we linked up and I look forward to like collaborations in the future. Um, I'm putting together an all-female project. I would love for you to throw down some vocals on it. We'll talk more about it later, but I think that'd be dope. Um, and they won't be sad songs, okay? <laughs> okay. <laughs> no sad songs anymore, damn it. This is a new sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> this is a new day. Um, but uh, yeah, thank you. I hope you have an amazing evening. Thank, thanks everybody for watching. Thank you, Alfred. Thank you, Mom. Thank you to Alex and Steven and George and whatever all your hey. beautiful names yeah. are. Yep. <laughs> Um, and, I, yeah. I and Jerome and Eugene and Sean and who else is here? I'm just <laughs> scrolling now. Adam. Hi, Adam. <laughs> Andy. Um, and Andy, I'm very sorry about the little big mouth thing. Truly, <laughs> I am. I'm sorry. You guys came had a great time. Um, I look forward to more chats with Millie in the future. I'm sure she has a lot of great things coming up in the um, works and we will definitely keep in touch with her. Please support her, please support the project. I'll be dropping the podcast later this afternoon for anybody that wants to listen in the car. Um, and then I will also be dropping links to all of her albums and every way that you can support her and the band. Um, and as always, thank you for joining me. Um, and stay kind. You never know what battles people are facing out there. So put on a big smile and just be kind and get through the day with a smile, even if you got to fake it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. All I right. love that. Sign off. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Sunshine. Have, right. a, have a great, you a great too. evening. You too, girl. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. Bye.